Good morning, Connect Church. Uh, whether you are in the building this morning or watching online, you will realize that I am not actually there in person, uh, coming to you via video this morning. The reason being, earlier this week, I found out that I was in contact with somebody who has since tested positive for COVID. Uh, so while I uh, feel fine right now, I have no symptoms, I am exercising caution here and have decided to quarantine. Uh, so for two weeks, I will be in the basement of my house. Uh, as most of you know who know me, know that's not going to be the most fun two weeks. Uh, I tend to be like being around people, but it's the right thing to do. And fortunately, uh, thanks to technology, uh, I still get to record my message to show you this morning, uh, which I'm super excited about because I'm looking forward to this brand new series that we're starting this morning. The series is called Faith Over Fear. And the amazing thing is, we planned this series at the beginning of 2020. So before anything of the last six months happened, we'd already decided that this would be the time where we'd spend a few weeks just looking at the idea of fear and how our faith can, can play a part in that. Uh, we chose this time of the year because uh, around Halloween, that's kind of what people are thinking about is, is scary things, scaring people. Um, at least that used to be the case. Nowadays, thanks to cell phones and video and YouTube, you can scare people just about any day of the year. Uh, in fact, all you've got to do is jump online and search for uh, scaring people pranks, something like that, and you will find hours upon hours of People dressed as trees, jumping out and scaring people. Uh, colleagues pranking one another at work with air horns strapped to chairs. Fake spiders, fake snakes. Uh, literally hours you could spend just watching videos of people being scared. Isn't it a great day and age in which we live? But, uh, but the truth is, fear is a real thing. And fear can, can impact us very often negatively. Uh, maybe some of us thought we were okay in the fear department until the last six months, and we've realized that, that fear actually has a, uh, an impact on our lives. So we want to spend a few weeks here talking about that and looking at it through the lens of what Jesus teaches and what the Bible teaches uh, our response should be to fear. Now, um, the question we're going to try and answer here over these next few weeks is, is there a way that I can conquer my fear? But before we answer that question, I think it's important that we acknowledge the fact that fear isn't necessarily a bad thing, okay? There actually is good fear, and then there's not so good fear, unhealthy fear, but, but good fear is this, okay? So imagine you were uh, out one day and you saw um, something like this, this alligator, Okay, if you saw that in real life, now you might think, Dave, of all the pictures you could have found of an alligator, that was the best one you could find. Well, the reason I'm showing you this picture of an alligator is because that's a picture that I took myself of a real life alligator. I was with some friends, some, some other pastors. We were on a retreat together in South Carolina. We were heading back to the house where we were staying one night. And as we went down the road, suddenly there in front of us, in the middle of the street, literally is this alligator. In fact, it wasn't moving. We actually thought it was like a fake alligator or it just wasn't even real because it was so still. So we ventured a little bit closer. Uh, one of the group, the, the stupider one of the group, decided he wanted a picture of it. So uh, he got a bit closer to get a good picture and suddenly its head flipped around. And in that moment, we all knew straight away by the volume of our ladylike screens that it was a real alligator. And fear kicked in. And that's a healthy kind of fear. 
Because you and I are wired that way. We've got this, this flight or fright, no, sorry, flight or fright. In this case, it was fright. Flight or fight mentality. Okay, that when something happens, you know, do we, do we stand and fight or do we run, do we flight? Uh, I, in that situation, definitely flighted. I did not fight at all. Um, so that's part of who we are. That's the way that we are wired. So that's good fear. But if I'd gone to South Carolina and before leaving, someone told me, oh, they have alligators down there. And I never saw one, but I spent my entire duration of my trip there just just living in fear of what if I see an alligator? What if an alligator jumps out at me? Now, my accent might lead you to believe that uh, I I could take a crocodile, okay? But uh, Crocodile Dundee, I am not, okay? But it would be foolish to spend the entire time living in fear of what might happen. And that's the kind of unhealthy fear that I want to address in this series. So before we do that, let's let's start by just defining what fear is, okay? Uh, The unhealthy kind of fear. So uh, here's my definition that I came up with. Fear is an emotion caused by the belief of potential future loss. So it's quite a simple uh, uh, description there. Fear is an emotion caused by the belief of potential future loss. I mean, think about it. When, when you think about the fear that you wrestle with sometimes, maybe it's the fear of losing people's approval of you, uh, losing your income, losing your rights, losing your health, losing a business, losing a friend or family member, losing your life. So much of what we can become fearful of is, is tied around this idea of loss, isn't it? And sometimes that, that fear of loss, it can, it can paralyze us. It can stop us from moving forward because we're so afraid of, of what might happen, what we might lose if we move forward. And I wonder, do you think that's how God wants us to live? As followers of Jesus this morning, do you think that's the plan he had for us? I mean, asking it another way, do you think God wants fear to control your life? Well, I think we would all say no. That's the correct answer. But, but we might say, but what's the alternative? What's the alternative to fear? And that's a great question. And to answer that this morning, um, I want to kind of use a little illustration here. So um, it's going to be a little seesaw that I'm going to set up. If I was with you in person, I was going to have a giant seesaw on the stage, but we'll stick with my ruler and Jenga blocks. Um, This is my faith and fear seesaw. And this is something I've noticed in my life. Maybe you've noticed it in yours. And that is that when faith rises... Fear is low, but when fear rises, faith is low. So what do I mean by that? Imagine fear is on this end and and faith is on this end. When my faith in God rises, when I trust him more in my life, in, in all areas, the more I trust God, the more my faith rises, the lower my fear gets. But sometimes, if I'm honest, there'll be situations I face and uh, things that happen in my life and, and I start to see the fear rising. And as the fear rises, so my faith goes lower. So I think there is an alternative to fear, and I think the alternative is faith. Now, let's be honest, that's, that's easy to understand and easy to believe in when, when life is good. But when life's hard, when there are obstacles in our way, when there are things that would cause us to be fearful, that gets hard, doesn't it? But as we've said, fear is an emotion, isn't it, that's caused by the belief of potential loss. Well, let's, just, let's, let's look at the definition of what faith is. 
The writer of Hebrews gives us a brilliant definition of what, what it means to have faith. He says in Hebrews 11, chapter 1, faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. So, so really what, what he's saying here, the writer, is that the, the good things you hope for in life as a follower of Jesus, but, but you don't have the evidence of it yet, that's what faith is. It's a belief in something that's, that's not yet tangible. It, it requires faith to believe that it will come to pass. So here's what's interesting when you think about faith in relationship to fear. Both fear and faith operate on your belief of them. Both fear and faith operate on your belief of them. Fear is the belief that there may be loss in the future. Faith is the belief that God's best is in the future. So we get to make a choice. Which, which one am I going to believe in? Am I going to believe in the fearful option? Am I going to believe in the faith option? You know, one of the best things that we can do to begin to separate ourselves from this, this emotion of fear is that we can start to look and learn of how it is that we'll respond accordingly in different situations. Because the truth is, faith and fear will always coexist in our minds and in our hearts. For the rest of our lives, we, we will always have these, these two thoughts there of faith and fear. And we've got to choose which of the two to believe. And when we choose to, to believe one, it pushes our fear down and our faith up. I can give you a great example. Um, my son Ben... He's a sophomore in college now, but I remember when he was in high school, uh, he and Will, his brother, they decided they wanted to learn how to do a backflip. Okay, this was like a little dream of his. And um, they would spend hours. It seemed like every Saturday they, they dragged this mattress. Uh, we had a spare mattress of a twin bed. They would set it up right there in front of the house. And then for hours, they would just keep practicing doing these backflips on this mattress. And it was brilliant watching them do it because you could see this battle going on in their minds because they really believed that they could do it, but they had to overcome the fear of what happens if I don't do it and I land on my head. So you could see this faith-fear battle going on, but, but as, as Ben trusted more that he could do it, as his faith arose and his fear went down, he learned how to do a backflip. Check this video out. Wait for it. Go, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Very nice. Very nice. The Russian judge gives him a 10. We give him the Jim Dandy. So that was Ben. Backflipping around the world, showing off this, uh, this new skill that he learned. See, here's something I think that we all know. Fear is contagious, isn't it? I mean, you just have to spend a little bit of time watching the evening news. Um, going through all the information that's thrown at us. And before you know it, talking to others, talking to social media, looking at social media, fear starts to go up, doesn't it? Well, just, just like fear is contagious, I believe faith is contagious as well. So faith can be contagious. So, so you being at church this morning, you watching church online this morning, your faith is growing. 
When you sang those songs earlier and the words of those songs, those, those helped to your, your faith to grow. When you read your Bible, when you have conversations with others, people of faith, you'll see that your faith starts to rise. So you can make a choice. Am I going to allow fear to be contagious or am I going to allow faith to be contagious? Because you've probably heard the old saying, what you feed will grow and what you starve will die. So I want to share something with you this morning that I hope will increase your faith and at the same time diminish your fear. And it's actually something, it's a very simple truth, but it's hard sometimes for us to grasp it. Um, it's something that, that last Sunday was kind of the conclusion to our series on the prodigal son. And that is this, God loves you wholly and completely. He does. Whether you're, whether you're a follower of Jesus this morning or whether you've still not made that decision to follow Jesus, he still loves you wholly and completely. Listen to what a prophet in the Old Testament said in Jeremiah 31 verse 3. He says, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God has this everlasting love for you and for me. And here's another amazing truth that, that comes alongside the, the idea of how much God loves us. It's in the New Testament. Um, a guy by the name of John wrote a letter called 1 John. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says, There is no fear in love, because perfect love drives out fear. So when we understand how wholly loved we are by God, that love helps to drive out fear. If fear is the disease, love is the cure. And God's love is the only perfect love that we can experience in our lives. And we need to remember that it's important to understand God's love in our lives because part of experiencing God's love is to drive out the fear. It's one of the gifts that we have as followers of Jesus is that we have access to this amazing love that God has for us. And not only does it make us feel accepted and loved, but it helps to drive out the fear, knowing that we are so loved by God. I mean, think about it. There are a lot of things going on right now, aren't there, that can lead us uh, to be anxious, fearful, or overwhelmed. I mean, between the coronavirus, the upcoming election, riots, demonstrations, social media, job security, or probably one of the biggest fears that all of us are facing right now, and that is, how are my kids going to survive now that I'm playing a major role in their remote learning? It's terrifying, isn't it? In fact, I thought about that this week when I saw this video. Check this out. My wife and I, we have, a, uh, we have an eight-year-old daughter. And so we're having to do the virtual learning. And they're like, just do, you know, just teach her school stuff. You're like, that's good. I barely made it out of high school. Let me give it a go. Um, <laughs> And she's doing, she's doing common core math. She brought home new math. That's what they want us to do. I don't even know what this math is. And they're like, here's a new one. You're like, oh great, I get to watch a 40 minute YouTube video on common core math. And it's not like the old math was doing bad. It's, it's doing great. It's not like we're getting incorrect change everywhere. And we're just sitting there like this stupid old math. I wish new math would come along. If you don't, I don't know if you, if you don't know Common Core Math, it's, uh, it's, a, it's just basically a long way to get to the same answer 
It's like you, it's like, how can we use the entire sheet of paper for this math problem? And even when you break it down, you see old math sneak in there. I mean, you're, you're like, that was old math right there. Just do that at the beginning and we won't even have to be in this. There's, I told my wife, it's, ba- it's a long way to get to the same thing. It would be, if you came to my house and you knocked on the front door and you're like, can I come in? And I was like, could you walk around and come in through the back door? And you would be like, does the front door not work? And he's like, it works. It works fine. I use it. Most people still use it. But the new way is to go jump the fence, come in the back, and then meet me back here. Isn't that true? I apologize to all you teachers out there who understand the importance of uh, Common Core Math and how how it's helping us to to learn math in a new and improved way, but uh, for us old-timers, we still kind of can't understand because the old way does still work. But anyway, you name it, fear is right there competing for every voice every thought in our lives, and it has to stop. We have to put faith in God's love for us because he wants to drive out that fear. You know, I'll tell you what one of the most terrifying things is that can, you can ever face in your life. Have you ever been in the situation where you've been dead asleep, middle of the night, fast asleep, and, and just suddenly you've, you've kind of stirred and woken up and you've opened your eyes, and right there, this close to your face, is one of your kids just stood there, terrified. But it happens, doesn't it? And sometimes, a lot of times, it'll happen when, when something's happened. Maybe they've had a bad dream. Maybe there's a storm and it woke them up. And, but what's their response in that moment when those kids are afraid? They want to come to you. They want to come sleep in your bed. Because there's something about the security that you and I as parents provide our kids. They know it and they feel it when they're with us. They feel that they're covered and protected. And I want to tell you this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. When you have faith in God's unconditional, unchanging, whole love for us, it can help you and I feel safe and protected. Paul knew this. Paul had experienced this in his own life. He was a guy in the New Testament who wrote a lot of letters to a lot of those early churches. When he was writing to the the Jesus followers in Rome in a a book we have in the New Testament called Romans, he he was explaining this idea of how God's love can fill us and can drive out, faith in him can drive out that fear. Listen to what he said in Romans 8 verse 35. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So what can separate us? From God's love. Can all this craziness that's going on right now in society, the potential loss in our future, stuff we read about online, would that be enough to separate us from God's love? Well, the answer is no. Paul said it right there. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of your heavenly father. But we have to have faith in that love. We have to allow our faith in that love to continue to grow, to live it out again and again, to drive down that fear in our lives. 
Paul goes on to, to talk more in that, that same passage in verse 37. He says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all the things you're going through, God says to you and he says to me, you will conquer them because my love is with you. My love is for you. You don't have to just put up with fear. You can conquer it. You can keep it pushed down as that faith in you rises up. And then Paul brings it all home in these last two verses, verses 38 and 39. He says, for I am persuaded. I've I've come to understand and realize that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's saying when you trust in God's love, when your faith in the love of God arises, you don't even have to fear death. So think about it. Here's how you can start to put that that faith in God to the test. When you feel like things in your life are out of control, have faith that God holds it all in his hands. When you fear the loss of income, have faith that God is your ultimate provider. When you start to feel the fear of loss of health or of life coming in your life, have faith that Jesus conquered all, conquered death. When your fear of what other people will think of you weighs you down, have faith that God loves you wholly. Choosing faith instead of fear in those moments, that is an exercise of your faith. Do you know, one of the toughest parts of being in quarantine for two weeks is that uh, for two weeks, I can't go to the gym. I can't. Now, I wasn't going to the gym before quarantine, but if I wanted to during quarantine, I can't because I'm stuck here in the house. Now, maybe you go to the gym to get your exercise. Maybe some of you run, walk, uh, ride bikes. I like to ride bikes. That's what I do to stay in shape. And whatever exercise you do, what you've probably realized is that when you start doing it, it's hard, isn't it? But the more you do it, the more you run, The faster you get, the more weights you lift, the more weights you can lift as your muscles grow. The more you ride that bike, the steeper the hills you can climb. Because as you exercise, your muscles grow, you develop, and you can do more. You see, the same is with our faith. When we exercise our faith, you can say you've got faith, but unless you exercise it, it does you no good. The more you exercise your faith, The more you push down your fear, the easier it will become. So it's a choice we make to trust God. And the more we do it, the better at it will become. There was a minister, an American minister in the 1800s. His name was Henry Ward Beecher. And he said this. He said, every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of fear or the handle of faith. Every tomorrow has two handles and we can take hold of it with the handle of fear or with the handle of faith. So as we continue to navigate through this crazy season of our lives, I want to challenge you, challenge you all this morning. Let's grab the handle of faith and let's put our faith over our fear. Let's pray. Father, 
I know, even as I'm speaking this message this morning, that it is all right, that it's all true. It's all based on on what you've taught in the Bible. But Father, knowing what is true and then applying our lives, that's hard. It is hard sometimes when we face situations that, that cause us to be fearful, Lord. But help us to exercise our faith. Help us, Lord, to allow our faith and belief in you to grow so that our, our belief in fear will, will go down. Because, Lord, I believe you want to help us conquer these fears in our lives. So, God, as we continue on in this series, really help us, Lord, to learn uh, some great ways, some great tools here that we can overcome the fear in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.